Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Seventh inning stretch after Saturday's result of the Boston Red Sox four and the New York Yankees one. Wait a minute. It turns out that, that Liverpool's owners and City's owners both own baseball teams. <laughs> yeah, and pretty uh, pretty big baseball teams at that. Pretty big baseball teams at that. So we're back this week. We're going to go over the AL Central, their offseason needs each of the teams, including the World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. And uh, we're also going to do a little bit of uh, our anti-awards and uh, a little bit of what we're thankful for with uh, within Major League Baseball. So, Armando, before we get started, how you been the last few weeks? I've been good, man. You know, getting ready for the holiday season. It's It's been a little hectic with work and everything else. But other than that, man, just good. Glad to be here. Glad to get to chat with you again uh, this week, man. Yeah, I could at the very least. I, I know I said we're not allowed to say anything thank uh, you know serious for our thankfulness, but I I will say I am thankful to be able to talk baseball with you this week, and I'm serious about that. That makes two of us, buddy. Yeah. So uh, let's hop into that AL Central then. What better place to start with than with the team that my team lost to in the World Series, the Kansas City Royals? Some. Big departures possibly possible over the summer, notably Ben Ro- over the winter, notably Ben Zobrist and Alex Gordon. What could you see this team doing in the offseason to try to, well, repeat? I think for me, it's not so much adding pieces. I think, like you said, they have some key pieces that are going to be departing with Zobrist and Alex Gordon mainly. Uh, I think those are the two key pieces they need to keep. Johnny Cueto, I think if he has a full offseason and can come back and they can keep him as well, he'll come in and be a large part of their success. I mean, they're a team that looked very complete. We saw them in the playoffs over the last two seasons. We saw them be a dominant force. So I don't know if they need to add anything. I think it's just keeping the core group together and then that's going to be there but I do think Alex Gordon is key for that clubhouse and I do think that Ben Zobrist showed to be you know ever so valuable and and if he doesn't stay there then then hopefully for me he, he becomes a Dodger yeah hopefully for me he becomes a Met I mean their, their Mets are rumored to be pretty strong in on him and that would uh that that would excite me 
or it shouldn't say excite me. It would just be, it's a good piece. Like Ben Zobris isn't an exciting signing. He's just a guy, you know, who can go out there and play every single day at six different positions and be really, really key for you. Now, the Royals had him penciled in at second, so that leaves a hole on the middle of their infields. They do so, so set, and infield defense was really big for them, especially in the playoffs. So I, they do need an infielder, someone who can keep with their mantra of put the ball in play and field your position. I don't think that, I mean, there's a perfect infielder for that on the free agent market. It just happens to be Ben Zobrist. Yeah, exactly, man. And there's not too many Ben Zobrises out there. I mean, the only other viable second base option that I can think of being out there is Mike Aviles, who got let go by, by the Cleveland, or, or somebody of, of that ilk. But no one's out there is better than Zobrist. Yeah, I mean, I, the only person I could think of who has the same kind of offensive profile is Daniel Murphy. And even then, Zobrist is a switch hitter. So you know that adds that value. But then if you start talking about a guy like Murph, you're not talking about any sort of defense. Like the exact opposite of what they did to make it to the World Series. Yeah, not to mention the versatility. And like you said, defense, yeah, Murph can play a few different spots, but is he playing it well? I don't think so. You know what I mean? It's just to get the bat in that lineup. So Zobris is, is like you said, a huge contrast from that, but uh, I think an absolute key for them to, to, to keep him, at, for them to be successful and, and try to repeat next year. Yeah. Now, the one thing, and I, I, I kind of need to look this up, and I'm doing it right now, is did they sign Edison Volquez to a one- or two-year deal? Because two spot, two holes in the rotation, especially when it's Cueto and Volquez, would be very difficult to overcome. Right, absolutely. And I, uh, I, I believe it was a two-year deal. That, that it, it, it is a yeah. two-year deal. Yeah, it is a two-year deal. So they, they probably still need a number one starter at some point, but this is, once again, something else you could probably get at the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, and that's something that they're, they're good at is picking up the right pieces towards the end of, at the deadline. And they did that with Cueto. They did that with Zobrist. And, and we've seen that over the last couple of years. So, so, I mean, picking up pieces, the right pieces in the middle of the season, we've seen that they're keen and, and know what they're doing in that regard. Yeah, the ones, the ones, so rotation and replacing Gordon and Zobris are the two big holes. I don't see any need in their bullpen. Nah, those arms were lights out. We saw that, man. Absolutely. So they're pretty complete. I, I do not care to see them repeat again because I also developed quite the distaste for them. But uh, let's move on in the division to the second place Minnesota Twins. A very, very surprised season for the Twins. Yeah, and that's good for the Twins. Uh, that's a franchise that I, I, I think you know gets doesn't get enough credit. And, and they they were a great team under Garden Hire. They had some great years, and before that, you know, during the Puckett years and stuff. So it's good to see them competing again. You know, with that team, I'd like to see a little bit more pitching. Their depth there isn't in the starting rotation isn't exactly where it should be to be a, a constant contender, especially with teams like the Royals in this division, the White Sox. You know, with Abreu, they can hit. There's teams in this division that just rake, man, and and, and so it's important to I think solidify that rotation first and foremost. Yeah, there's just not a ton of arms in that rotation that I would be afraid of, and I think that they might fall prone to long losing streaks as a result of it. Like, I mean. Think of it this way: their best starter, their best starter is probably Ricky Nolasco or Irvin Santana. Those guys are threes or fours yeah, on a good. Team. That's what I mean. Like they're, they're solid starters. I'm not gonna sit here and knock Ricky Nolasco. He was fine for the Dodgers, but he was a three four, and and that's that's all he is. But I mean. Yeah, they need to pick up some pieces. Hopefully they can make a move, some a, a Scott Casimir, you know, something like that, because they really need to pick up a, a strong arm. Yeah, they absolutely. I mean, just 
so many guys, like just the rotation, Phil Hughes, Nolasco, uh, Urban Santana, and Kyle Gibson. Duh, that's, I mean, none of them strike a lot of guys out. Balls in contact a lot. Balls in play a lot. Not a particularly great defensive team either, by the way. Right, and that's an issue, especially if you're not pitching and, and they're putting the ball in play. you got to be able to catch it, man, and they're not doing that either. So it's it's one of those things. I think offensively they're fine. Miguel Sano, I mean, they, Trevor Plouffe is fine. I mean, Joe Maurer is never going to hit home runs, but, you know. what? I, lo- I love Brian Dozier. Yeah. He's a great player. Absolutely. They have pieces, man, but I just think they need to solidify the rotation. If they got some strong arms, a Scott Casimir, John Lackey, Doug Fister, somebody of that ilk in this offseason, which are all available, then maybe, you know, we could see them competing even more and maybe being more solid in that wildcard race. You know, they surprise people this year, but next year people are going to be ready. So they're going to need a, a stronger rotation for sure. Yeah. I mean, such a young team. They have a lot besides just Sano that's coming up. I mean, Byron Buxton probably, you know, you'd hope got, got, gets better. That's a guy who's been a very highly touted prospect, especially defensively, but also just with the bat as a put the ball in play, uh, get on base, steal bases kind of guy with a little bit of pop. So I, I'd expect, I expect to see him take a step forward this year. A guy like Danny Santana, on the other hand, though, uh, has been kind of disappointing thus far. Yeah, and I, I'm sure they're hoping that he'll turn that around too. But I mean, like you said, they have the pieces and they have players and they're young for the most part. And that's important that this core group learns together. You know, Paul Molitor's a young manager. He hasn't been doing it that long at this level. So it's good to see them growing and building and, and gaining confidence going forward, man. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking also at Santana's year over year regression. 2014, 100 games, 7 homers, 40 RBIs, 20 steals, 319 average, 3.9 war player to this year, 91 games, no homers, 21 ribbies, 8 steals, and a 215 average, a negative 2.2 war player. Oof. That's... That's something they gotta hope that, that kid gets right because he showed so much promise. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I absolutely, man. They need players like that, and and it's rumored that they're in, you know, for uh, I want to say he's a Japanese import or a Korean import, Byung Ho Park, who plays third base, and he's got a little bit of pop. So if they could go and make that move, then Trevor Plouffe might be available, and they could collect more pieces, maybe some arms. So they just need to build, and and with the pieces they have, make smart moves to add even more solid pieces. You know? Yeah. Absolutely agree. And, you know, that's a, that's a franchise just out of a personal relationship with one of my closest friends who's from Minneapolis uh, that, I, that I like seeing do well because the people up there are just so nice. Yeah, man. And that's actually I want to go up there within the next year or so. I, I, I kind of go and see all these stadiums and stuff. And I want to go out there because Target Field A is beautiful and B, just because I hear that the people are phenomenal out there. So, you know, that in itself sells me. Uh, I'll definitely back you up on Target Field. Uh, went out there the last time I was there gorgeous stadium tons of great amenities and just you know right in downtown minneapolis so there's a lot to do around it it's uh, that that's a stadium i'd put pretty high up on the list awesome man i'll check that out for sure absolutely worth it so moving down the line to the first of the modern well the second of the modern retro stadium fad the erstwhile known jacobs field now progressive auto park in cleveland the cleveland indians who 81 and 80 very disappointing season considering where they had finished the year before and the thought that they'd make a playoff run this year. But 
there's a lot to work with with this team. I, I, I think that they're a team who could make a run at a wild card spot or the division. I don't know how much, I mean, the division, I'm not sure just because how good Kansas City is, but there's a lot inside this Cleveland team, especially starting with that one-two punch of Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, man, those are phenomenal pieces, you know, arms that they have to build on. And then they have solid players. Kipnis is good. I'm a fan of Jan Gomes, their catcher. Chris Johnson has proven to be a solid major leaguer. Michael Brantley has really shown himself to be a quality baseball player over the last few seasons. Carlos Santana is a household name. I know his production has fallen off a little bit, but that's still a household name, you know. And and they're not losing too many pieces. I mean, free agency, really, Mike Aviles is their lo- – and Galvin, Gavin Floyd are probably their biggest names. And like you said, they have a lot of pieces to work with and and Tito Francone is a, an excellent manager so I'm not too worried about it I really do see them competing for a wild card spot and getting back to the form that we saw two years ago yeah and also I mean they have one of the most exciting young players in baseball in Francisco Lindor uh, if it wasn't for Carlos Correa's ridiculous season in Houston Lindor is walking away with the rookie of the year in the AL and he himself was just really 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 great very good defensively shows a lot of speed Good pop in the bat, runs well. You know, slash line in 99 games is, or not just a slash, but his extended stats. You know, 99 games, 390 homers, 12, R- 12 homers, 51 RBI, 12 steals, a 313, 353, 482 slash. I mean, basically, you're, you're getting an 805 OPS from your shortstop, and the guy can field. That is, you know, premium production at a position where you don't necessarily even need that kind of offensive production to justify a guy. Yeah, absolutely. And sticking on the left side of the of the of the infield, man, Lonnie Chisholm hasn't lived up to the billing. He's gotten a few chances in the majors. Uh, Chris Johnson seems to be playing a lot more first base. I think third base is a position that they could really look to. Uh, you know, get a slightly above average bat, maybe a, a solid player like a David Freeze, or if they want to really shoe high, maybe a Daniel Murphy can play that position for them. But they really need help on that side of the infield to to complement Lindor. Absolutely, and it wouldn't actually hurt them too much too to also get another left-handed bat they don't really have too many i mean there's chisholm hall and there's kipnis in in their lineup otherwise i mean and brantley otherwise very right-handed lineup very right-handed team so i actually and i think it's important not just i think this it's actually just important to change up what you could possibly give different pitchers to match up against you especially late in games with a specialization in relief pitching now yeah, exactly. And the power arms, the shifts, the, the matchups, the way that the percentages are played and how baseball has really been dissected down to an absolute science is absolutely ridiculous. So the, the any edge you can really get is, is, is to your advantage is really important. And I think, like you said, it's important to have all these different looks in your lineup and to be able to be malleable and flexible with your looks in your lineup and, and, and different players against different matchups. And I think that the more you can do that with your lineup and your team, the better off you'll be. And I think that that's something that they should look into. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, you're a USC guy. So I'm going to ask you about a, a UCLA pitcher that they have. What is Trevor Bauer? To be fair, I love Trevor Bauer. Um, I don't know if his head is always in the right spot and, and, and if he works as hard as he can to be a, 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 as dominant as he could be. But when I, I've seen him live a few times at UCLA, and he has dominant stuff. He, has a, he had a funky delivery. I know they, they've changed it a little bit, and it's not as funky. But he used to have really a, a Lynchcomb-like look. And that's what got him drafted in the first round. And that's what made him so appealing. And he had power stuff. He could locate. Uh, I just think with a delivery like that, it's hard to repeat it. And I think that they've 
tinkered quite a bit. Maybe his confidence hasn't been there. But I do think that there is a dominant pitcher in Trevor Bauer. Yeah, it's just too many walks has been the real issue thus far. And you know, pre-base runners, you know, that, that, that's, those are what kill you. But at the age of 24, struck out 170 guys in 176 innings. He's clearly able to miss bats. The problem is, is he's also just all not able to hit the strikes. Exactly. And I think, again, that comes to mechanics and such a funky, you know, pitching. Uh, the way he throws and, and his mechanics are so funky that it's hard to repeat that time after time. And that's going to, you know, come with time. Maybe he'll shorten it up. Maybe he'll figure it out. But if he can, you got he has great, great stuff, man. Yeah. But I would say that the back end of the bullpen is a real big need for this team. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the case with a lot of teams. We see that the dominant, you know, teams that are constantly in the playoffs and and having great runs have a dominant bullpen. And and I think a lot of teams are trying to play catch up there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, I'm high on this team for the future. I really am. I, and 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 ever since the movie Major League, I've always wanted the Cleveland Indians to be good. Yeah, and I've always <laughs> and they always blow it in the ninth, as they famously say. Oh, uh, Jose Mesa. I, I still remember watching the uh, the Jose Mesa blown save against the uh, Marlins in the 97 series. <sighs> Poor Jose Mesa. I, 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 I watched that game, and I remember thinking through the first innings that Jared Wright was going to be the next, like, Roger Clemens, the next, like, really big, burly, great arm who's just going to do so much because he had that deadly fastball and just that hammer curve, and then... Yeah, he had, that the rest of his career happened. Yeah, we saw how that ended up, you know. But, yeah, I agreed with you, man. I thought he was going to have dominant stuff and be around for a long time and a really good pitcher in the league, and he just didn't really live up to that billing. Yeah, turns out that you do actually have to watch what you eat, even in Major League Baseball as a professional athlete. <laughs> That's not that surprising. But, yeah, especially have you seen, the, you know, the lunch platter they put out for these guys, the spread they have in the in the dugout, I mean, in the in the clubhouse? Of course they're little, you know, extra pounds there. Yeah, I mean the only the only guy the only two guys who are going to get away with it are three guys: CC Sabathia, Bartolo Colon, and David Wells. <laughs> yeah, it's just energy. They're just putting out carbs for energy. So before we go over to Chicago, before we go to Chicago and Detroit, sticking with the topic of the Cleveland Indians quickly, another random question: If you had to get a jersey of any of the players on the Cleveland Indians, fictionalized in in Major League, one or two, but. I mean, who's going to go with Rube Baker is the answer to this one, or Jack Parkman. Uh, who do you go with? I'm going with Dorn. You're going with Roger Dorn. I love that Dorn character, man. Whew, that's a, that's an interesting one. He's a heel, man. He's a bad guy. Oh, I love he is Dorn. The, he's the absolute heel, although Eddie Harris also was, a, was another heel. Oh, yeah, and he was good. He was good. I loved him, too. Yeah, you know, him, him, and, uh, him and Voodoo did not particularly see eye-to-eye as religious uh, philosophies. (laughs) No, their confrontations in the locker room were great. Yeah. I'd I'd go with Willie Mays Hayes, personally, just because... Actually, no, I take that back. You know what? I'm actually not even going with a player. I'm buying the Lou Brown player t-shirt. Oh, I can't even be mad at that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Lou Brown. (laughs) <laughs> also, also, just because you know what he did, my favorite scene is him pissing on Roger Dorn's contract after Dorn says, no unnecessary calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great scene, man. That movie, that whole, you know, fucking, all those movies are great, man. 
I'm a huge fan of the fact that at the beginning of at the end of March to the beginning of the April of April, that movie's de- de- dependably on HBO, and it'll probably also be on Comedy Central, although they have to edit enough out. But that movie's always on for a week, oh, right yeah. before baseball season. And I'm watching it every year for oh, sure. I've, I've seen it so many times, and it never grows old. Yeah, man, absolutely. But yeah, dude. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about yeah, the let's Tigers. Move on. Let's talk about the Tigers. Uh, talk to me, man. What are your thoughts on the Tigers? Where can they improve? I know they're going to have, you know, they got to start some changes. Over. Yeah, absolutely. They, they got to start over. I mean, the only, they have now an untradeable contract in Miguel Cabrera. Because by the way, I'm like, I'm not saying that's to insult Miguel Cabrera because he's still the best right-handed hitter I think I've ever seen. But. They got to start over, and his contract's impossible to shift. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to hold on to that because it's a big boy. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's going to be hard. And, and you know, Victor Martinez got paid a lot. They've been known to give away these contracts. And, and you know, Verlander's still making a lot of money, and he's not – I mean, he had an okay end of last season, but he's not exactly living up to the billing. They need to rebuild. They need better pitching to go along with Verlander if that's where you're going to be, you know, your ace. They need more bats. There's too many holes in that lineup. They're not catching the ball. The Tigers really – they had – you know, a really good stretch and a really good chance to win the title, and, and they just couldn't capitalize, unfortunately. And now I think it's time to start over for sure. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that window is definitely, definitely closed, and I just think it's right now a they're going to have to bottom out. Like this, I, I think this gets a lot worse. Well, that's the thing, man, because their their former GM, who's now the GM of, of of the Red Sox, Dombrowski, he he wasn't a fan of of the youth and keeping the prospects because he was about winning right now. So their farm system is gutted, man. They have nothing to build on, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's it's kind of looking a bit just there. There's a lot of work to do there, but where do you start? I mean, first off, I think that they have to let any free agent for the next few years who can qualify as a Type A free agent. Or even just a type B guy, someone who can get you draft compensation, just go. Yeah, I, I agree, man, because they need to start building. And, and, and I think, you know, the best way to build a team is really through your pitching staff. So I think they need to draft some arms, maybe, you know, get some arms in the, in the foreign market and, and build that way. Because to be fair, to, to keep paying top shelf for these older veterans and, and having, you know, to pay a lot of money on the back end of these deals when they're not really worth it. We're seeing it now with Verlander. It's just hard to keep doing that and falling into the same mistakes. They did get one good arm for the Mets from the Mets for uh, Yoannis Cespedes at the deadline. Michael Fulmer uh, is a guy who is seen to be close to major league ready and, and pitched pretty well. He's a former first round pick, 22 year old kid who you know, he, he seems like he could be, you know, have a reasonable career for them, but the, the scouting on him is he's more of like, you know, number two, number three type, you know, not like the rest of the young Mets pitchers. I had to get that one in. Sorry. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. With, <laughs> with the plethora you got. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I'd be throwing it around all day too. Yeah, but they, but you know, the rest of the rotation, they got to let bottom out. Verlander's owed $28 million next year. Exactly. You see, you can't even say that with a straight face. You see, that's what I'm saying. But he, he's so slowing down. This is the mistakes that they catch themselves in, man. And then they have the opportunity to sign Price and they can't close a deal. Scherzer, they can't close a deal. And then these players go and they're stuck with $28 million a year, Justin Verlander. Oh, wow. Although he did pitch a lot better this year than he has in the last two. Only in the second half. Yeah, but maybe maybe he's learned how to function with diminished stuff. Well, that that's the hope, and I think that's what they're banking on. But, I mean, he needs help, and I think that we've established that for sure. Yeah. But then, uh, going through the rest of it, there's not a whole lot I like. Yeah, I don't. I don't like much they're, of it they're, either. Man. Anna, Annabelle Sanchez is done. They're going to let Alex Avila walk. They absolutely should not. He's actually one of the few players they have who's in their prime. But they just don't want to spend the money there. I like Jose Iglesias. Yeah, Jose Iglesias is a solid player. I mean, he's. He, but but he's he's a role player. You know what I mean? Jose Iglesias is not going to carry that team. And then uh, Miggy's injured a lot and, and he needs rest a lot and he's not contributing that much defensively. There's just, they don't have that second piece. I mean, JD Martinez was okay, but how consistent is he going to be? We've seen him struggle in the past with Houston and stuff like that. So I just don't know. I just, I, there's too many, I don't knows and question marks out there on the Detroit Tigers to be fair. Yeah. Ian Kinsler actually continues to be a decent player. He, I mean, he can't, by the way, he can't feel this position in the least, but he can hit. Yeah, and he never could, though. So you know what you're getting, at least. And like you said, he can hit. And he can hit in a few different spots in a lineup, and that's important. Like we said, going back to, you know, strategy, going back to, you know, setting your lineup and, and picking, playing the percentages and stuff like that. It's important to have, you know, somebody like that that can hit in multiple spots and be, you know, a pivotal piece in that lineup. And, and Kinsler is that, for sure. Yeah, and they just acquired uh, Cameron Mabin, who is somehow getting paid $7.1 million, which is astounding ludicrous, to me. Ludicrous. Astounding to me that, that that guy's getting paid that much because he's a very mediocre player. At best, I agree. Yeah, got pay- he got paid off of one good season in San Diego. That seems to be, you know, a case with a lot of these players, and that's unfortunate, but it's the risk you have to take in free agency nowadays. Yeah, it's just one I hate because the Mets always make the wrong move. Jeremy Bernitz. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> Mo, well, the same summer they signed Mo Vaughn too. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was that was a that was a rough set of years. 
I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I got, I'm sorry. Why did I even bring that up? I apologize. It's all right. It's in the past. <laughs> but yeah, man, so let's close off right here and let's go uh, with the White Sox. Talk to me about the White Sox. What do you think about uh, Chicago and, and, you know, the, the Cubs are on the rise, so the White Sox got to compete. You know they do. Yeah, I just don't see how they will. Not, I mean, there's, Samarja's going to walk because they're not going to sign him. So it basically leaves you with, Chris Sale and five days where you're praying for rain delays. Yeah, that's what seems to be the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carlos Rodon looked okay. He's a highly talented prospect, but still looking one four four whip. You know, doesn't strike a ton of guys out. Not well, actually, actually, he struck out a guy in inning. Never mind. I take that back. But I know he was. I know he was pretty well hyped coming into this season. Definitely had his struggles. Other than that, the back the back end of the bullpen with this team is really really bad. Somehow, John, somehow John Danks is getting paid fifteen million bucks a season. That's what happens, man. You get one good year, people will pay you. That's how it is. Got to get that guy as my. I got to get his agent as my agent. Uh, you know, we've been through uh, basically now the better part of two divisions on the last name in two divisions. And how many times have I been shocked at, at how much some very mediocre players are getting paid? And I think that's going to be a, a continuing <laughs> trend, bro. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, to be spoiler, just wait until we get to the Phillies and I talk about Ryan Howard. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, <laughs> the White Sox, they can't hit either. Other than Abreu and Eaton, those guys can hit, but their glove work is poor. Nobody catches the ball. Alexi Ramirez, subpar defensively. Melky Cabrera was bad offensively and even worse defensively. Adam LaRoche, we know what Adam LaRoche is. They just they can't catch the ball. They're not hitting the ball enough. And, and, and other, like you said, other than Sale, they're not throwing the ball well enough. So this team has a long way to go to catch up with uh, their, 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 their lovable neighbors. Yeah, I just think they should trade Chris Sale. They have to. I don't think they have a choice. They have too many holes. They don't have enough in the minors. They, that's their best bet is to get top dollar, top you know prospects in return and build from there because really I don't see any other direction they can go in. Yeah, so just by total side note, if you ever look at the ESPN player page for Melky Cabrera, his chin beard looks drawn on by crayon. I'm going to look that up right now. It's uh, Just just look. It, it's amazing. Hold on, Melky. Holy shit. That's atrocious. Yeah, it looks like it was drawn on by a crayon. And then even when you see like his fucking Blue Jays picture, it's identically drawn on. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they took the same stock photo of him. We're like, let's give him some facial hair this year. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but the rest of this team, probably, there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done here. The bright side is some of the pieces, the pieces that they do have in Cabrera. Well, I'm sorry, not Cabrera, but his beard stuck in my head now. I'm going to regret that. <laughs> Adam Eaton and Jose Abreu, they're both young reasonably so they have a few years for them to get pieces around those two as his sale at 26 i just wonder you know how good their farm system is i haven't seen it rated particularly well so where's the help going to come from and it's going to have to come from moving out a premium player to get some to get some you know some more talent so it's going to have to be a trade of a sale or an abreu abreu and sale both will bring you pretty fetch it for something pretty good also because they're not under contract for that much money. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. They, they have decent deals for sure. Yeah. But 
those those are the players I would probably look to trade. Just and it's the whole thing of you're you're a few years away. Yeah, quite a few years, but I mean. You know, for me, the White Sox aren't one of those teams that I have really a soft spot for or anything. So I really, I couldn't care less, to be honest. Yeah, I, the, I lived most of my life in blissful ignorance of them. Yeah, I mean, I can't even listen to their their broadcast because it, it's so old, ungodly biased. It's like Jesus, the good guys, the bad guys. It's just terrible. Yeah, there is one thing about White Sox history I love, which is, you remember the 19, you've seen pictures of it, neither of us remember it, because neither of us were alive, but the 1970s White Sox uniforms that had shorts? Yeah, those were great. Those were yeah. great. They're amazing. Plus, also, didn't didn't Disco die at Comiskey Park? It did. I did a big old party. They had a huge little celebration about it. Burned yeah. to the ground. So, basically, the... Chicago White Sox are good at this exact moment for a laugh. Unfortunately, that's about it. Yeah. 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 That's what winning 76, 76 games and looking like you don't have much going for the future does for you. Watch them win the division this year. <laughs> yeah. That would be that, – that would happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So now moving on to uh, the next segment, our anti-awards. Let's do it. I don't even know if we want to, like, do you have a formal award you want to give to anybody? You know what? Um, for me, like, the the most disappointing pitcher, we'll start here. For me, okay. the most disappointing starting pitcher was Jeff Samarja. He got a move to to Chicago. To He was he got a move to the White Sox, his boyhood club, and he performed poorly. A 492 RA is unacceptable. I mean, a 496 ERA, I'm sorry. That's unacceptable. He wasn't. I don't know. Jeff Samarja, I just expected way more out of, and, and he didn't really deliver at all. Yeah, Samarja was really bad. The other guy I'm going to think of, and it's just not his fault, but the record is just awful, Shelby Miller. Yeah, but at least Shelby Miller, you know, like you said, the record is not his fault, and that that's what he has going for him, because he did have a lot of solid outings, but Jeff Samarja, I can't remember more than maybe two. He was really poor this season. Yeah, but it's it, there's just something about Shelby Miller seeing a guy whose final record is six and seventeen. That's just so awful. But once again, like it's not really his fault. Yeah, I mean you're playing for Atlanta, and then they just got rid of their best player, and that's you know. Yeah, let's touch on that. Actually, Alderton Simmons going to the Angels. Your thoughts, really quick. So we'd actually covered the the, the AOS the day before that trade went down. Yeah, And one of the things we talked about was how the Angels basically can't field particularly well. But the only spot where they had someone who was kind of competent was Eric Ibar. I also found that ironic. I laughed my ass off. Yeah, but Simmons, I mean, Simmons is a much better defender than Ibar. Like, Simmons will probably win you three games a season just on the glove. Yes, absolutely. I, Ibar will maybe... You know, Ibar won't lose any games for you, but he certainly won't win any for you with his love. And Simmons is young enough to still improve, I think, uh, offensively, and that and then be, become more of a consistent player. So I think, you know, all in all, I thought it was a decent move for the Angels. Oh, I, I absolutely agree, because even if Simmons doesn't improve with the glove, that value at defense at shortstop is the best thing that's going to happen to your pitching staff, especially when you have one that puts the ball, that has one that has in, as many guys you put the ball in play as a guy like a, like a Jared Weaver, who is a pitch to contact guy. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Like that team pitches to contact and that's getting a good defensive shortstop's a big move for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You got to have a strong spine when you're going to be pitching to contact and that's a great move for them. I agree. Yeah. So do we want to maybe have like a, a least uh, valuable or a least impressive player for you this season? Yes, I have to say it's Hanley Ramirez. I uh, knew I knew he was in decline. I knew he was going to not be that good. When he agreed to play left field, I was suspect, and uh, rightfully so, I think. And now he might not even be there. He's making $20 million a year. And if he is back, he's going to be making 23 next year and maybe playing first base. And I don't see the bat speed's not there. Hanley's just a shell of himself. Yeah, so I went with the same team, different player. You went with Pablo. I went with Pablo Sandoval. I knew you were. Oh, I mean, he just seemed lazy, played a terrible third base when he actually played. You know, didn't play through small injuries. Just, you know, the worst thing that you apparently can do is sign Pablo Sandoval right after he's won a World Series. Because in the years after they win, he basically takes the entire next year off. Yeah, he gives up on life. He balloons in weight. And it's just, yeah, absolutely. I agree, man. And that's disappointing, yeah. too. It's disappointing. as I'm not a Red Sox fan, but I'm sure for them it's a, incredibly disappointing to spend that much money and, and see that return, really, and, and how poor the Sox were this year was, was really you know pitiful, to be fair. Yeah, they were, I mean, that, they were just awful. Just awful. So yeah, I mean, I I don't like giving. I don't, I'm not going to get on rookies. So like, I'm not going to give an anti rookie the year. No, no, no. Because that's just mean. But I will say this, and it goes to a player on, on your Dodgers. I haven't seen a, a worse first half, second half split on a guy as a rookie for a long time, as I did in Jock. Yeah, man, Jock. I love Jock Peterson. He has a lot of talent. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player. I do. I agree. He has all the tools. I think he, he hit a rough patch. It was a bad time. You know, Don Mattingly doesn't exactly instill, didn't exactly instill that much confidence in his players. Um, we saw that uh, with Puig. We saw that with a few instances. And, and we were really playing a, a platoon player in Kike Hernandez above him. And, and that can't be that great for confidence for a young player. So I'm really looking forward for a fresh start under Dave Roberts and, and looking for that to you know, jumpstart his career. Maybe we could steal a few more bags. He can get shorten the swing, make more contact. And other than that, defensively, he's sound. He's fantastic. He's got a gold glove in him. He's got all the tools, and he's a player I really like. You know, actually, I forgot to ask you about this. Cause I want to now touch on, before we get to what we're thankful for, quickly, two topics that are, uh, you know, close to your Los Angeles Dodgers. The Before, I, before we get to Dave Roberts, because that's obviously going to be one of them, did you hear that uh, apparently Andy Van Slyke has you know some very loose lips? His son, being a Dodger outfielder, has heard some. Th his father has heard a few things from him. Did you hear the uh, Clayton Kershaw apparently wants a uh, Yaziel Puig traded? Uh, I did hear that, and it doesn't surprise me. Um, here we get a lot of uh, actually. Molly Knight wrote a great book, um, "The Best Team Money Could Buy," and that covers the Dodgers, basically the behind the scenes and stuff. And Yasiel Puig, that book isn't made out to look that flattering a character, to be quite honest. And I just think he clashes a lot with with players. And if that's the case, if, if what's being said is true, and Clayton wants him gone, then I wouldn't be surprised if Yasiel is gone. This is Clayton Kershaw's town and his team. And and to be fair, we've seen that we can live without 
uh, him and uh, without Puig, and we bought, I, I mean, not we bought, I'm sorry, soccer terms. We just signed a couple Cuban prospect outfielders. One of them is very similar to Puig, so I think we might be building for a future without Yasiel. And, and it's a shame because I love Yasiel. I love the energy. I love everything, but I don't think he's that focused. And down the road, he might become a phenomenal baseball player. Right now, he's just a phenomenal talent, and it's a shame. Yeah, not once that when he came up in the Mets Dodger series that I fear him. And that's a shame because he should be a formidable uh, option for us. He should be somebody that you fear. He should have been what Yoannis was in your lineup. You know what I yeah, mean? And he wasn't. Absolutely. And he was not. Yeah. So then the other one then are your feelings on Dave Roberts. Look, for me, uh, Dave Roberts was a standout uh, professional. Uh, his career was great for the Dodgers. He, he did a lot for us. You know, very memorable moments for the Red Sox and stuff like that. Uh, I think he's a very great professional. I think he knows the game inside and out. He's a baseball man. I think he'll get the most out of our players. I think our players will respect him. Uh, he's a big difference from Mattingly. I think the only thing they have in common is that they were inexperienced in this position. But other than that, I do think that they're very different personality-wise. I think Dave Roberts can teach the young players a lot. And I do think he's the right man for the job right now. There's not that many big names available, you know. So... Right now, I think Dave Roberts isn't a bad choice. And the most important thing is we have a manager in place now, and now we can build a roster to best suit his vision. And with the money we have and with the assets we have and the front office we have, I think that this is the right time for a change. I think we've played out you know, the Mattingly situation, and that was just an extension of Tory. And I think now we're in a right place to, to, to make this change, and I, I'm hopeful for it, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I happen to like the hire just because, and I, I'm judging it based on because there's no experience for Dave Roberts as a manager. I'm I'm basing it, and, and and this isn't a comparative point to Don Mattingly because they were very different players. I like Dave Roberts as a player. He was a heads up, smart player. He you know, definitely very scrappy. I feel like those kinds of guys do make good managers. I think like the star player sometimes don't right because like a guy like Dave Roberts. He's a pro's pro, just you know, knows situ knows the situations where he could do things. As evidenced, I mean, by I don't know the biggest stolen base I think I've ever seen in my life during Game Four of the 2004 ALCS. I mean, he he brought the Red Sox back into that series, and then we all know what happened there. So players, and he's always been that kind of just heady player, great defender. Sometimes you want that more than the guy who can just sit there and say, uh, "I got out of this situation by taking one big swing in the bat." Yeah, absolutely, man. And he's a Los Angeles guy, UCLA kid. I think for me, Dave Roberts also has a calmness about him. He's been there. He knows how to get the most. He wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't a power guy. He was. He knew what he was, and he was able to harness that and be the best at that. And I think if he brings that type of mentality to our ball club, we can only see good things. Absolutely agree. So now let's uh, before you know before we wrap up, we're going to go to what we're thankful for within Major League Baseball. And the reminder of this is none of these are allowed to be serious suggestions. All right, my so, man. What are, you, what, what are you thankful for? Give it to me. What I am thankful for is bad strike zone, bad strike zone graphics on Fox and TBS and ESPN, which, <laughs> which did not accurately show you what a ball or a strike was. Just kind of put everything within inches of the plate. Yeah, man, I can't disagree with that. They're very—it's <laughs> a joke. It's a joke. They're—they're they're awful. I mean, they, they didn't tell you anything. They weren't instructive. 
No, in fact, they were just confusing to people. To the avid, I mean, to the to the occasional watcher, they were very confusing. Like, how is you know? I, I don't know, man. They're bad. I don't understand. Just take it away. We we were fine for decades. Take it away. Yeah, and, and you know, while we're at it, I'm also thankful for Major League Baseball umpires and their very liberal interpretation of the strike zone. Which, by the way, isn't these type of thing where it can be interpreted like big zone, small zone. It's the strike zone. It's written in the rules as knees to letters. Over the plate, you shouldn't be able to have a, a differing strike zone. So I'm very thankful to umpires for you know, taking creative liberties in something that's pretty codified. I don't blame you. I'm very thankful for Joe West and his liberties that he takes in every baseball game, uh, making it the Joe West show all the time. Single best third strike call in baseball. He is, he is an absolute joke, man. And, and, and try to argue with him, and it's your toss, no doubt. Joe West yeah. is a joke. Dana DeMuth, you're not much better. No. Yeah, you're second on the list, buddy. Just so you know, Dana, you're second on this list. But, Although I will say, another great umpire, just because I love his nickname, Balkin Bob Davidson. Oh, he's great. Yeah. No, you know what's great is that we know these umpires. That's how much you know they make the show about them. Yeah. I am a big Laz Diaz fan. He seems to always have, be actually pretty fair. And calm. Always calm. a calming, calming umpire. It's great. I agree with that. I, I, yeah. I do enjoy him. Another, There's definitely quite a bit of zen in him. Sorry, yeah, I keep cutting yeah. it off. It's cool, what, are you, man. What, what else are you thankful for? The last thing I'm thankful for is uh, TV blackouts during the World Series and losing signal and stopping the game so that we could catch up on TV. I'm thankful for that. Oh, Fox, you never seem to disappoint. Yeah, you know, there was there was one great silver lining in that. We got to go an inning and a half of the World Series without Joe Buck. Oh yeah, I guess I guess that's a very valid point. Yeah, Joe Buck, we can do without you, sir. Yeah, McCarthy's you know gone. You can go too. You know what else I'm thankful for with regards to Joe Buck? The fact that he showed us how to grow bad facial hair and rock it with so much pride. My man, have some dignity. It looked like a ginger dirt beard. It did. It did. It yeah. was terrible. Yeah, so I, I think that's, that covers uh, my thankfulness because there's not that much that I'm actually dishonestly thankful for with regards to Major League Baseball. I agree, man. I'm with you. I just love the game, and I'm very thankful that we get to talk about it, very thankful we get to cover it, and, and that it'll be back in a, sh a few short months. Yeah, pitchers and catchers is already in about 80 days. I'm already licking my lips, bro. Can't wait. Oh, so excited. So excited. Well, I think that's it for us this week. Thanks for listening. If you're in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. And if you're not in the U.S. and you're listening to us, enjoy your Thursday. <laughs> I'm with that, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you. And we'll have something for you guys following the holiday weekend for sure.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 